It's the three-in-one podcast. I'm Bryce Dumit, joined with Andy Olson, Brett Barron's home for the day. But Andy, 85 to 78 win. Illinois takes on the number two Texas, beating the Longhorns at Madison Square Garden in New York City, New York. Obviously, Andy, it's been a long day for you covering the Illini. It's been a crazy game going into overtime. We Illinois came back from behind in the second half. Obviously, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on the game. Obviously, Illinois, a little bit of a slow start. I would say coming in uh, after halftime, but they really picked it up there in overtime. What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, a seventeen to two run after a after is never never ideal for the Illini. Uh, but a, a good time out by called by Brian Underwood uh, was able to cut into that, break that momentum a little bit, and uh, Illinois outscoring after that timeout Texas by. 17 points to the end of overtime and a uh, lot of different role players stepping up in this one, specifically the bench having big games. Um, Jaden Epps stepping up and hitting the last five points in uh, regulation, two of them coming at the free throw line when he knew we had to have him, the entire pressure of the, of the garden on him, on his shoulders as he's, you know, stepping up to the line. Uh, the freshman showed a lot of poise there, being able to step up and hit those free throws. And then Terrence Shannon Jr., who had really a quiet beginning of the game, didn't really score until the end of that regulation period and then going into overtime uh, and really turned it on in overtime And Terrence Shannon Jr. that we're used to seeing, which who knows how much that has to do with his former coach being on the other sideline, knowing how he ticks and knowing how he plays really well. But uh, Illinois just towards the end out-muscled Texas, it seemed like, where the Longhorns had gotten tired and uh, stopped finding ways to break the Illinois defense. It was the opposite for the Illini, where they were able to buckle down, grind it out, and, and find ways to win this one. And, uh, you know, and there were points where you're sitting there in the second half and Illinois only scored one field goal for nine minutes. And you're like, how is it only a 10-point game? But Illinois did what they needed to do to hang around. And then when the shots started falling, they started finding the rhythm on offense. Things just fell into place and they pick up. I think this there might be their best win since at Michigan back in 2021. It's been a year and a half since then. Um, that was when they also beat the number two Wolverines. Uh, so another top five win for Illinois. And this, this is big for their tournament resume coming up. towards. It's a little too early to talk about tournament resumes, but. When that season comes around in March, this will definitely be a big win for them. And, I mean, Texas is good. I mean, we can go into players a little bit here, but obviously Timmy Allen, impressive player for Texas. It was a hard game for them. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, at the second half, you know, when Illinois was down by 10 points and they hadn't scored in a while, I think they only scored maybe like four in a while. And it was like, you know, for a little bit I was like, oh, okay, Illinois – might lose this one. Texas is really starting to pull away here and show how good Texas is because they were they were a very good team. Like I said, Timmy Allen with over twenty one points or with twenty one points throughout the game. Excuse me, um, Tyrese Hunter ten points. I mean, they're they're a tough team to play against. Um, but like you mentioned, let's talk about a little bit of the freshman 
you know, playing at Madison Square Garden. I feel like that's got to be a little nerve-wracking as a freshman. It'd be nerve-wracking, I think, as a senior, too. I mean, that's a big time. You know, that's what everyone dreams about doing. So to play with that crowd and play at Madison Square Garden, I thought Jaden Epps, when he got uh, first off, he had a hand in his face for the three to tie up the game and then or to get it close, I think was what it was. And within then, one possession, yeah. yeah. And then for him to get on the free throw line to tie it up and just drill both free throws. And Illinois had several crucial free throws there, even in overtime, too. And, you know, they were composed. And I always say free throws win games. I feel like I've heard that my whole life. And I think that also showed. And it was super impressive, even after that one kind of timeout issue with um, Coleman Hawkins and RJ Melendez. And I thought, you know, that might disrupt. And he shot a three and then it was pulled back because Brad had called a timeout just before. And I was like, ooh, that might hurt their momentum. But then they came out and no big deal. So, you know, I think that was the kind of the cool thing with them is that I feel like they didn't stress that they were down ever. It was just a big grittiness and just like a, no, we're going to win this game. Like, we're not even stressed by being down. Yeah, and you know what you talk about? Freshmen playing well and living up to the moment. Uh, This is the first time that we've seen Matthew Meyer live up to the moment so far this year. Um, Brad Underwood has talked about how his – Effort has made such a difference in games this year, but we've never seen that shot really come into its own yet this year. And there were points where it's like, I don't think Matthew Meyer is going to miss in this one. He hit the first three in the game. And, uh, you know, there he knows the team well. I mean, he grew up around Austin. Uh, so he grew up with Longhorn stuff everywhere uh, throughout his high school and just childhood. Uh so I imagine there was a little bit of, uh, you know, getting up for this game. And he's played them plenty of times before, coming from the Big 12 and Baylor. Um, but this is the Matthew Meyer that Illinois thought they were getting from the transfer portal this offseason. Um, he talked to us after the game and said how he just kind of stopped caring at this point. Like, um, And I think it's hard to describe that kind of mindset, I feel like. Um, but going in there with, no regard, you don't want to have no regard, but maybe less regard, getting in your head a little bit less seems to really work out for him in this one. Eh? Whatever he did, he needs to keep doing it. Because uh, Meyer with, leads the team with 21 points tonight, 8 of 10, 5 of 5 from 3. If he Every time he shot from 3, he made it, which is a, a crazy stat. Coleman Hawkins doing uh, some good work today, especially on the boards, gets 7 of them leading the team, get 4 assists as well. I know he just had the triple-double a little bit ago, so maybe four assists, seven rebounds doesn't seem that great, but like for the role that Coleman Hawkins plays, that's a really good game for him as well. Um, and just Dane Danger coming off the bench as well. RJ Melendez hit a three there and made a few shots. Um, one almost three-point play, I believe. Um, just everyone had a role in this one. Um, Meyer was, like I said, the leading scorer, but everyone got involved in the scoring in this one. And uh, Brian Underwood said after the game, I don't know who my go-to guy is. He's he's used to having Io Trent Kofi, someone to go to in those situations. Uh, he says it's weird having not having that figured out yet, but um, I feel like that could be a benefit in, in some ways as well. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting because I think I said that with Brett one time on one of these podcasts, and I was like, you know, it's crazy, Brett. There's been a leading scorer every game that's been different. It hasn't ever been, I don't think, the same person, you know, maybe maybe twice tops, but it hasn't been the same person, like, hardly ever. And so I'm like, I think that's super neat that, 
you know, for the Illini that someone is stepping up each time because it makes them more of a threat offensively because you never know who it's going to be. So when they're playing someone, you know, last year, everyone knew, you know, your game plan is going to be to get it down low to Kofi Coburn. But now it's like, oh, you know, Sky Clark might have a great game. Jaden Epps might have a great game. Matthew Meyer just popped off. Terrence Shannon might pop off. And it's, you never know who's going to be that player. So I think that's almost beneficial for Illinois to have that. But I wanted to real quick just do a quick mention about Matthew Meyer and what you said about how he said he just kind of doesn't really care. I mean, he cares but doesn't care at the same time. And I think that's – I remember when I played college soccer, I remember I had that mentality at one point and I started playing some of my best – game and I think it's just you quit worrying about it and you just relax and just play your game and play the game you know how to play and so I think that's awesome for him he said before the Maryland game that he was just like um just kind of got the feeling of yeah I'm, I'm pretty confident still just pretty relaxed like I'm not worried about it and so I mean it clicked today so 21 points 8 for 10 from the few from the field, but um, I want to also hear your opinion on Terrence Shannon Jr. Obviously, he he didn't even score in the first half, and then he came out in overtime, and he was the guy that we saw against UCLA, I would say, the Terrence Shannon Jr. That was super impressive that game. He got over 20 points that game. You know, he came out, fired up, got over eight points, or got around eight points in overtime. Uh, you know, what were your thoughts on him? I thought, you know, hey, at least – at least he turned it on at some point, and he was—he came out and he was a game changer in overtime. Yeah, I think Texas just had a really good plan for him today. You know, like we already mentioned, there's the history there between him and Chris Beard. Um, they say it's all—it's all good. There, there's no hard feelings there uh, after Chris Beard left after uh, Shannon's first two seasons at Texas Tech, um, and that looked to be the case. I mean, they had—they shared a long embrace after the game and in, uh, in the handshake line. Um, but because they're so familiar with each other, I think maybe that was, uh, um, a negative for Terrence on the day as Chris knows the best his positives. And more importantly, in this scenario where he's the opposing coach, um, his weaknesses in, in this one. Um, so they were just on him and he never really found anything, could get anything to work. Uh, it worked out, at least, I mean, with Illinois going up, up three and the halftime, they didn't need him to be that kind of guy. They were able to go to other outlets, but, you know, you were surely missing him midway through the second half when you had only scored one field goal at that point. Um, and then, like I already mentioned, I think Texas just got a little tired towards the end, and Terrence was able to find some more openings. Um, driving the lane late in this game was where he found a lot of that. Specifically, there was a um, and one play in overtime where he lands right in front of me. He, he gets up and, and he's screaming in, in front of the the MSG crowd. And it was really cool moment that I, I included in the highlights. You can watch on WCIA.com. Um, and, and just an electric moment. And he's a big-time player. He's making big-time plays. And, uh, you know, even when he's having maybe not his best half, he gets overdone and have a half like that. What are your thoughts, too? You know, in the first half, Illinois 13 for 27, 48% from the field. Second half, 10 for 26, only 38% from the field. And then, obviously, in overtime, they picked it up, shooting 57%, 4 for 7 from the field. A lot of that was uh, Terrence Shannon popping off there. But, obviously, you know, they had a decent first half. I kind of felt like they were just kind of – there are several turnovers. I want to say it was – let me find that stat here, but – 
want to say it was about overall they had 17 turnovers this game so you know Andy what are your thoughts on that obviously you know shots weren't falling in the second half but they were able to redeem themselves pull off an overtime win but I mean the turnovers that's that's not great 17 turnovers that's giving the ball away a lot and you know Texas only had Texas had a lot 14 so I feel feel like that also speaks about Illinois defense but I guess just what are your thoughts with those couple things yeah that's been the the downfall of Illinois basketballs for almost every game this season it was too many turnovers um there in that stretch when it was the 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 run for Texas um Illinois had more five times as more turnovers than they had shots made in the second half. Like, then there was five turnovers to one made field goal. Uh, like, that's crazy. And they cleaned it up down the stretch, and you just wonder, they played the entire game like that, what kind of game that Illinois can put together. Um, so you go back to there's not a lot of experience on this team, uh, but there are some guys who, who were making mistakes in this one that you really don't need making mistakes. You already have the freshmen who are making enough mistakes already this part of the season early on uh you don't need you don't need these guys also making mistakes so um whatever brian underwood had said the, the coaching staff had told them um got them composed for the end of the game um no turnovers in, in overtime for for illinois they kept it clean there and um if they can take anything from this game i hope they can take that because as soon as they figure out how to keep possession of the ball then Illinois, um, I think, will be a really dangerous team. But we, we could be talking, you know, top five at that point. And obviously, Andy, you know, with this big win, you know, we've seen them compete with all the teams here so far. You know, we've seen them barely lose to Virginia, barely lose to Maryland, beating Syracuse, beating UCLA, who was ranked number eight at the time. You know, I mean, let's talk a little bit. You know, what are your thoughts? Where do you see this team going? I mean, they play Penn State. They got another Big Ten matchup on December 10th, uh, coming up on Saturday. Um, you know, bragging rights game. That'll be a fun one. Always just kind of fun there. And then they pretty much are have a, one or two games in there as well, but then they're pretty much into Big Ten play consistently. You know, what do you what are your expectations from this team so far from what you've seen? Well, it's hard to say when uh, they're already 0-1 in Big Ten play. Uh, Derek Piper and I were talking about this, how many losses uh, Big Ten champion will have this year. Uh, last year, it was, you know, two five-loss teams who, who were able to take the Big Ten championship, Illinois being one of them. Um, you don't want to stack too many of those early on in the season. I think Penn State is a good uh, game at home, you know, just to get, get your first Big Ten win out of the way. Um, that's this coming Saturday. And then you got some early ones against Nebraska and Northwestern as well, um, at least road ones. Um, so they're certainly being eased into it a little bit in that sense. Um, but Illinois has every everything that they a team would need to compete for a Big Ten title, for um, a really high seed in the NCAA tournament, to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Um, I think we've all known that. It's just about seeing those pieces that have potential actually reaching that potential this year, because there were so many unknowns about the team coming in Um, and and nights like tonight where you see the potential actually unfurling coming to fruition. Like this is the type of team that um, the other teams in the tournament and the big 10 should be scared to play. Now it comes down to how consistently can they play like that? 
I think that's the next step is what Illinois needs to do to really establish itself as one of the top teams in the country. You know, I agree. I think consistency is a, a big key. But, you know, I also think, like, it's still early. You know, the Illini have a lot of time. I feel like that's when, you know, you aren't consistent is at the beginning of the year. And when you're figuring out, you know, who's in at those big games, like Brad was saying, you um, post game. you know, I think that this has been a really good show of just, you know, what they – can do and what they can accomplish and being able to compete with the best of the best um, in the nation. I think that was kind of a big thing, at least for me, you know, when all these new faces were coming in, a lot of new freshmen, you're like, well, none of these guys have played together. So everyone was really curious if they were going to kind of hit or miss and be good or not. So I think it's, um, I mean, obviously they're going in the right direction right now. And um, I think that they're playing pretty well. So, you know, if they just put out a few, you know, not got a few of those little kinks in there. I think they'd be good to kind of have a good run and be, you know, a force to reckon with later on in this year, and especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, 100%. And it, it all comes down to playing that consistently and because uh, there's a lot of good teams in the Big Ten this year. I don't know if people know at home. There's, there's a lot of good ones. Um, so getting through the Big Ten schedule as best you can, um, like I said at the beginning, this is a marquee non-conference win that they have been missing so far this year. So getting that in your bag now, having that when it comes to selection day um, is big. And it's good to get now because that's going to matter so much in the future. Um, now they just got to keep proving it and we'll see where they go from here. And um, last, to, lastly, just to kind of circle back to this game, we kind of briefly touched on it with the freshmen, but... You know, um, Andy, I just wanted to point out, you know, I thought it was impressive. You know, we mentioned Jaden Epps, you know, shooting. He was only two for seven, but he had some crucial points there from the field, but obviously six for eight from the free throw line with 11 points. But, you know, Sincere Harris, I think someone he's someone that I think has continued to be impressive. And, you know, we were mentioning these guys, and he was in, you know, at the very end of the second half and in overtime as well in his defense. And I think he kind of tore up some big players for Texas and he was kind of, you know, I think throwing a wrench um, in Texas's offense with his defense. Uh, um, you know, what, what are your, do you have any thoughts with that as well? I just kind of wanted to make a little point on that one. No, I mean, he, he, um, I would say out of the freshman, he's the one um, who would need to work on maybe the offensive side of the game the most. Um, him and Ty Rogers, I think are, are there right now as far as working on, on that side of the ball. But, Sincere Harris is, you know, the energizer bunny on defense. He He's able to go in there and guard their best guy, and he's not afraid. And that's something that I think is really important. And pe maybe people didn't expect this early in his career from him. And, and having that coming off the bench for Brown Underwood um, is going to be so important coming down the stretch as well. Um, he's someone who's already proved it time and time again. So he, he is one of the consistent qualities the defense that Sincere brings off the bench. He had a really big block tonight that turned into points on the other side. Um, so freshmen impacting games like that is uh, important, and Illinois is going to need more of it. And I think, uh, I don't know if it's the last question, but this will actually be my last question for you, Andy. You got to talk, you know, listen to Brad Underwood, and after the game, um, I kind of had to go run and only kind of half listened there when I was uh, with the show going on while I was listening. But I guess just, you know, what were your, what did you take away from what he said 
post game, you know, you could tell at halftime he was not happy with how Illinois was playing. And I think he said that uh, <laughs> the sideline reporter there. But, you know, what was your what did you take away from what he had to say? I think what he would have, well, depending on how the end of the game went, it, it, he, let's go back to Maryland's. He was clearly not happy with the loss at Maryland's. Um, but he really liked his team's um, fight in, in that one. Um, and there's no moral losses, certainly. Um, you, can, you know, no moral victories and losses, I guess I should say. Um, but he saw things from his team in that game that he really liked, the ability to fight back and things like that. Um, so while he was missing something from his team at half, at points in the second half, um, you know, Mostly it came down to uh, this is what we are. You know, this is what we work on in practice. Uh, if some games this year, we hadn't seen that. And seeing it come to fruition, I think, was fulfilling for him because uh, it, it hasn't been like that every game so far. Uh, but, you know, he understands there's still more work to do. And uh, we, we'll see how how much Illinois can take from this now into uh upcoming Big Ten games. All right, and like you mentioned, first Big Ten game for Illinois, we said Saturday, December 10th against Penn State. Not first one, excuse me, first one in a hot minute. Uh, excuse me, let me correct myself there. But then they'll go on to play three non-conference games um, before getting into all Big Ten games here for a while on January 4th against Northwestern on the road. But Andy, I guess just final thoughts from this Illinois team as they beat the number two Texas. Tired. It's been a long trip. Those are my, that's my final thoughts. Um, this was a game that I wasn't sure uh, about Illinois in. Um, you, I thought they would compete, uh, but I thought it was right that Texas was favored in this one. Um, the, the number team in the country for, the, the, for a reason. They have not lost this season for a reason, but um, Illinois showing, again, what they are capable of in this game. Um, and as soon as they can start performing like that more consistently, um, they're a team that other teams sh- should be afraid of. And uh, we'll see if they can figure it out here as they, like I said, now get into uh, more most important part of their schedule, at least when it flips to January. All right. Well, Andy, you get some rest. Um, <laughs> thanks for all your work in New York. So uh, from the Big Apple, for Andy Olson, I'm Bryce Beeman. And this was the 3-in-1 podcast. We'll see you later.